Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, I'm very, very excited to, to get to share this morning. Um, and in particular, I'm really excited to get to share in this environment this morning. Uh, such a special Sunday. And I just, I'm so grateful to be a part of a, of a faith community, a spiritual family um, where you just, you bring it, right? You bring passion and you bring expectation and you bring your highest praise to the Lord. It's really, really special. And um, I have the unique opportunity to get to be here like for a week and then I go to Midland for a couple weeks and then I come back here for a week and then I go to Midland for three or four weeks and I come back. And I think sometimes what you don't see whenever you're just in the room, right, you're participating and you're engaging week after week after week um, is just how different this place really is week to week to week. Like, I, I just wanna, I wanna celebrate you. I wanna celebrate this room. I wanna celebrate the leadership. I wanna celebrate, like, honestly, it's truly amazing what's happening in this place. Like, watching people's lives be touched. And here's the best part, is I actually don't think it's just in this room. Um, it, it's, it's rather easy to sniff out insincerity a lot of times. C- can you, like, can anybody, like, echo that? It's rather easy. But it's, it's wonderful to be a part of a body where it's not just happening in this room, but it's actually carrying over into home churches and into the youth ministry and then from the youth ministry into the schools and from this room into homes, right? And then from homes into workplaces. I I truly believe um, it is rather special that we get to be a part of this body and I'm honored to get to be here and be a part of it this morning. Uh, Keith Keith is preaching in Midland. So fortunately for you, you get the most attractive uh, male communicator on the Renew Life team uh, to be here today. So uh, you're welcome for that. Um, no, sorry, I had, to, I had to say that while Keith is not here because it's so not true, you know. Um, but this morning, I'm, I'm going to talk about, for the next, next little while we have together, I want to talk about our ability to remember. Our ability to rem- remember and not just remember anything, but actually to remember and to recall what it is that the Lord has done for us. See, I believe that memory sparks gratitude, right? As I reflect on the goodness of God in my life, what begins to happen is I begin to find myself more grateful for his impact and his presence in my life through the seasons and through the years. And so this morning, I wanna talk about that. But the reality is this. Okay, go with me. There's also things in our lives that we don't want to remember, okay? Anybody got a boyfriend or girlfriend you could wish you just like scratch off the list at some point, okay? Uh, what, about, uh, what about credit cards, credit card debt? Mm-hmm. Or this, this one for me, all right, right here, haircuts, haircuts. Anybody got some haircuts you wish you could scratch off the list? I'm gonna show you a haircut of mine. <laughs> yeah, this is it, this is it. Um, this haircut is actually gonna make a comeback. That's why I'm growing it so long, right? Because when I cut it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I listen. I used to, I used to straighten that little rat's tail. Okay, I used to straighten it, and it would hang down to like the middle. It was, it was pretty awesome. Also, fun fact: she's not here this morning. Michaela, my wife of eleven years, started dating me when I had this haircut. That's real love, people. Okay, 
It's real love. She, I, I believe she started dating me because of the haircut. This in communications when I was in college, we called it an AGD, an attention getting device. Uh, this was me peacocking for my wife, okay? Uh, she says she started dating me in spite of my haircut. I, you know, I, I, get, I have to give a little bit of credit to the haircut. There, there are things, in fact. Oh, I asked Logan if we can make that a worship background too. Yay or nay? Where did we land? Yes? All right. Next week, you guys are in for it. We'll add some motion graphics to it where it's like waving in a wind or something. It'll be, the spirit's gonna be present next week and I'd like for you all to be here. <clears throat> but there are, there are things that we wish we could forget. Likewise, just talking very real, very practical, very physical things. There are also things that we don't want to forget. How many of you have kids? Show of hands in the room if you have kiddos. Yeah, awesome. How many, uh, how many married people? If you have kids, you can raise your hand again if you want to. Okay, awesome. Um, if, you're, if you're anything like us, uh, my wife, Michaela, and I, we'll go, we'll go to bed sometimes, and one of us will, like, open up our photos in our iPhone, and then it's over, right? We'll lay there in bed, and we'll just scroll through pictures, you know? And, and the new layout, the new platform that they have in these iPhones, you can do it by the year, Right? So you can go back to last year and see the photos and the photos before. And we'll lay there and we'll just like scroll through picture after picture after picture. It's like, oh my goodness, I remember that time he went to Jellystone and Canyon rode the big slide for the first time and he came down and he was crying. And he, he was, anyway, it was, but he was so fun and he was so proud that he had done it. Then he went back up to the top and it, or like, you know, oh my goodness, this beautiful, you look so great on your wedding day. Or like, oh my goodness, I wish you would get that haircut again from 2010. It was awesome. Like, but we'll, we'll spend, we'll literally spend over an hour just pouring over old photos. There are some things that I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget the magic of the season when my kids are young and they do the silliest things. My youngest, Bella, she, uh, anytime the, like, you, you know this, you're, you're in this worship environment. You know that there's people with cameras that walk around and they take pictures of you while you're worshiping sometimes and you don't really know what to do about it. Because the moment the camera points at your face, you're like, well, now I feel like I'm faking it. Do I keep faking it or is this insincere? Am I like really, pray or do I put my hands down? And the photographer's like, what? <laughs> like I was trying to take your picture because you were um, my, my daughter, Bella, she's two years old. When a camera comes in the room, she just immediately does this. <laughs> so she, uh, she just has no like cooth for the, um, the camera, no respect for the camera. Anyway. But I just, I don't, I do not want to forget. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. And I believe it to be true as well, not just with like these fun things, not just with like life things and kid things and marriage things and vacation things, but I do not want to forget what the Lord has done for me. Pastor Robert, Robert Morris at Gateway in, in, in the Dallas area, his wife talks about how he has never gotten over getting saved. And so that is the foundation from which he communicates. Every single time he preaches, has a conversation, he's just never gotten over getting saved. I do not want to forget what the Lord has done for me. I want to remember because memory is the foundation of gratitude. And gratitude becomes the reservoir from which I can worship the Lord and trust him in this coming season. Does that make sense? When I recall what he has done, it prepares me to have faith in him for what he will do. 
If you're leaning on your right now experience for you to be able to trust God without being able to dip into the archives and remember what he's done, it becomes really, really hard to stand on your faith and to have hope for what might, what might become in this season. But if you have this reservoir, this deep well of remembering what the Lord has done for you, which has cultivated this internal gratitude, well, then your gratitude for what he has done becomes the catalyst for belief for what he will do. Does that make sense? And so I, I, I believe in the power of memory as a tool that the Lord has given us in our, in our arsenal. So this morning, let's pray for just a moment and we're gonna dive into it. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of memory. Thank you for the gift of spiritual family. Thank you for the gift of today. And Lord, we just wanna steward it well. Yeah, Lord, I, I, wanna, I wanna speak with words that are seasoned with salt. Lord, I wanna be changed. I wanna be I want to be challenged. I want to be motivated. And Lord, I, that's what I want for everybody in this room. Um, not that we would leave the same way we came, but instead, God, that you would actually actively engage us in today's service. Actively engage us in today's service. And so, Lord, we trust you. Lord, we love you. And we're believing for bigger things today. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> memory, I, I define memory as this. It's the internal component which allows us to recall with clarity a moment or an experience. I, I, there's probably like some guys who, who are like, we're talking about memory. You're kind of like freezing up like, oh no, it's like I can't even remember to take out the trash. <laughs> or like I can't remember what, like my anniversary. My anniversary, my anniversary is on the 17th of March, which is St. Patrick's Day. And very intentional decision, right? When green starts showing up, it's like there's something important coming. You know what I'm saying? So like pro tip, if you're not married yet, schedule it around a day, you know, where you give yourself some indicators. But memory truly is, it's such a gift from the Father. Let's start here. Psalm chapter 103, and we're gonna read verse one through five. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is a Psalm of David. It says this, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never, get this, may I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my disease. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. <clears throat> so let's draw this correlation real quick from memory to gratitude. Verse one is gratitude. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. That sounds like gratitude, doesn't it? I'm grateful for where I am because I remember where I was. That's gratitude. And verse two is this. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord and may I never forget the good things that he does for me. See, David understood this correlation between gratitude remembering what he had done and how it postures him in a place where he had confidence in what the Lord was going to do in his future. Gratitude is the well from which we draw strength in difficult seasons. I know very few of your stories in this room. Um, some I know, at least at a surface level. Some I know on a little bit deeper level. Some we've walked miles together. Some we've walked shorter amounts of time together, but Everybody in this room has a story. Everybody in this room has a story. 
And I know for me and my story, I remember this moment, and I've, I've talked about this before, and it's hard for me to not to. Like, I just remember who I was before 2019. Like, I remember. <laughs> I, rem- I, re- I remember not liking myself. I remember feeling like a fake, feeling like a fraud. I, I remember. But I also remember what the Lord did in my life. I remember that. And so the truth is this. It's an age-old saying, but I once was lost, but now I'm. I once was blind, but now I. This is what gratitude does. It, it, it sparks this hope. It's, it initiates this thing inside of you that, that, that all of a sudden, like the future looks brighter because I know who has carved out my history and brought me to where I am today. And I've, got, I've actually got a, a literal note in my phone um, it's actually just called Things I Love. Things I Love, very simple. It's a very random list, uh, but Things I Love. It's my wife, it's a good start, it's a good start. Um, my kids, also a good start. Dallas Cowboys, all right? The, the list, gets, it's, it, it gets a little bit like, you know, it's, it's how can you love the Cowboys, love your wife? I'm not saying it's the same love, but it's this thing that I can go back to and say like, oh my goodness, I love these things. Like the Lord has been so faithful in these areas. And I just like, my mind is flooded with stories associated with these things that I love. Memory is actually a tool unto gratitude, unto hope for the future that the Lord gives us. Um, let's talk about memories for just a moment. Um, in 2019, I, I began doing some contract work with an Anglican church in Midland. And I had like zero initiation or exposure into anything um, church related like that, like where they practice the liturgical calendar, you know, like Catholic churches or Anglican churches, anything like that. I had zero initiation. I mean, I was raised Pentecostal, like fire breathing dragon, like Jericho marches, like. You can't do a Jericho march in an Anglican church. You will break something. And so I was, I was, I was literally kind of like a little nervous getting into this environment. But in that season, 2019, man, the Lord was just like stirring stuff up inside of me. And I was learning new things and being initiated and grown into new things. And um, so anyway, I, I, I began to participate because I was there for some contract stuff with this Anglican church throughout their Holy Week. And by a show of hands, how many of you um, are familiar with or have practiced Lent? Yeah, okay, so a few, great. Um, I, knew, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, I didn't know Lent was actually spelt with an E. I thought it was an I. It's not the same thing. But I, I, uh, as I was in this environment, it became very, very special, very, very special to me. And what I realized is this, is that in my Pentecostal upbringing, which I love and adore, and in my charismatic circles that I run in now, which I love and adore, there was this gap of understanding in what this was. And so what it came to be is I realized and I began to understand that I got really good at celebrating the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday, which is coming up on April 9th, you should be here. April 9th, but uh, I got really good at celebrating this resurrection of Jesus without first mourning the sacrifice and the tragedy that was the loss of Jesus. And so for me, it became a profound like light bulb moment where me and my family began to participate in Lent back in 2019. Now, mind you, it was kind of, I call it like a loose Lent because I don't know like 
all the logistics necessarily, but I, it's just been an amazing process getting integrated into this, and it's brought a, little, a lot of healing and hope and gravity and weight to this season. And I say that to say this. It's been something that our children have been around as well. My, my oldest daughter, her name is Adeline. She's nine years old. And she has a friend from school that invited her to go with her to their Ash Wednesday service. Now, if you're not familiar with Ash Wednesday, what that is, is they take the palm leaves from the previous year's Palm Sunday, they burn them to ashes, and that's actually what they use to make ashes on people's foreheads, right? And it's actually the start um, of Lent, which is the season of sacrifice before Easter. That's kind of like the 30,000-foot view, um, so she had a friend invite her to go to the service and immediately, right away, like it wasn't even a tear in my soul. I was like, yes, like I would love that because I want to learn from you too. Um, and, and because it had become such a part of our life. And so, um, and as parents, you know this, there are certain things that you like wade through and you process with your kids, like who can they stay the night with? Who can't they stay the night with? Which friends can they hang out with? Which friends do you want to fight their parents? Like it's, it's like this constant thing where you're like waiting this out. But in my soul, I just knew, I was like, this is really good. And I want her to go participate in this. So anyway, she goes, we had, a, <clears throat> I think it was like, I guess a Wednesday night service in Midland. And so after our service, she got home from her service and she's nine, like I said. And so I get, I get home and she's standing there like this. She's like looking at me like this, like she's got the ashes on her head. She's like, wants me to notice. And I'm like, baby, I see. I see. I, I, I actually gave you permission to go. I told you what was going to happen. Uh, and so, but it was so beautiful, right? I mean, I, there's much of the theology and the liturgy that maybe goes over her head. I'm sure of it, but it was this beautiful moment. And so anyway, she's like, it was so cool. And this is what happened. And this is what I learned. And it was awesome. And I was like, baby, that's so good. So that night, uh, as a part, as as is a part of our daily, um, our daily ongoings, I was up in Adeline's room, and singing to her, praying for her, for the night before she goes to bed, and I noticed there was this uh, piece of paper taped over her bed, and it said, uh, "It said dust will always rise again." And I'm very, I'm very accustomed to pictures and things being hung on her walls, right? She's very artistic. She's very expressive. I don't know where she gets that from, but she's, uh, <clears throat> so she's got pictures of, you know, drawn cats and dinosaurs and all these different things all over her walls. But this one was different. And I, I hadn't noticed it before. And so I asked her, I said, baby, what is, uh, what is this dust will always rise again? And she said, well, daddy, that's what, uh, that's what the guy, I guess it was the priest, the guy is the official term. That's what the guy said whenever he put the ashes on my head. He said, dust will always rise again. And you know those moments comparable to what we experienced in worship where you just feel the father like leaning in a little bit, just leaning in a little bit saying, hey, like just, just pay attention, Right? This is a moment I'm having with my nine-year-old. So she says, dust will always rise again. That's, yeah, that's what the guy said. And I just don't want to forget it. I just don't want to forget it. And in that moment, my 31-year-old father heart <laughs> was being grown 
and led by my nine-year-old who just understood this is not one I want to forget. Dust will always rise again. In that season, there was much going on last month in my nine-year-old's heart as she was weighing through, you know, loss and tragedy and all that. Just try, like, there was just a lot she was processing in her nine-year-old soul. And for her, it was just this thing that she could cling to that she just knew, like, dust will always rise again. And it started something in me that said, yeah, I don't, I don't want to forget either. I, I don't want to forget either. I don't want to forget what the Lord has done. I don't want to forget what the Lord is doing. I want to stay in remembrance. I want to stay in gratitude because gratitude is the well from which I draw strength in difficult seasons. At any given time, there's going to be three voices fighting for attention in your head. There's going to be the voice of the enemy. There's going to be the voice of the father. And then there's going to be this third person who could be quite pesky, and that's yourself. There's going to be three voices at all times. And truth is, it's easy oftentimes to recall the negative things in your life. It's very easy for me to look back into the archives of my life and have this understanding of like, ooh, blew that one. Like, it's easy for me to feel the weight and the consequence of projects that I didn't deliver on time, of jobs in my queue that didn't go as I thought they were going to, of, of situations where I, I blew it as a husband and I lost my cool or where I didn't lean into the moment and engage my kids in the way I should have. If I'm being honest, those things, they can plague my mind. Anybody else? It's very easy to hear the negative and to feel the negative and to stay in that place. And that is where self oftentimes will want to pin you. And that is certainly where the enemy will want to pin you 100% of the time. But then there's this third voice that is the, ver the voice of the father. The voice of the father. How many of you know that what the enemy meant for evil, the Lord always turns for good? Genesis chapter 15, verse 20 says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. The Lord just does this thing where the bad, he turns for good. It's this glorious exchange. It's kingdom principles that you can't rationalize. You can't wrap your mind around sometimes, but always in those negative circumstances, there are positive opportunities for the kingdom to be at work in your life. So I believe this, if the enemy is gonna work hard and if sometimes self is gonna work hard to keep you pent in those negative memories, those bad things that have, that have happened, those areas where you've blown it and you're too far gone and you're past redemption, forgive, just forget about it. The, 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 what we should do and what we should be doing is partnering with the father and his agenda to redeem those things and turn them for good. I said this a moment ago in worship, but the Father is not the calculator of lost time. He's the redeemer of lost time. He's not the calculator. He's the redeemer of lost time. And I believe that what the Father wants to do is he wants to not only restore and recover memories, but also resource us with the tools to remember what he's done. Are you tracking with me? This feels very practical right now, but David understood the connection between he understood the connection between remembering and gratitude. And what I want to do is I want to solidify that and live from that same place. So how do we remember? Let's hop to Joshua chapter 4. We're going to spend, uh, we're, we're going to hop out towards the very end, but we're going to spend the majority of our time right here in Joshua chapter 4, if you're following along. Joshua 4, verse 1 through 8. It says this. It says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, um, the Lord said to Joshua, 
Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse six, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did just as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Memories and monuments. Memories and monuments. You see, Joshua had this understanding and he imparted it into the tribes that if we don't do something to commemorate this, if we don't do something to remember this moment right now, this miraculous time where the Lord split the Jordan River so that the Ark of the Covenant could walk through on dry land, just as he did years ago as people split the, as, as the Lord split the Red Sea and people walked through the middle unscathed, if we don't do something in this moment right now, I'm afraid we will forget. So they constructed a monument, constructed a monument. And this morning, this is what I wanna focus on. This is what I wanna talk about. The truth is this, I, to the premise of building a monument, I benefit more in my soul from reflecting and from meditating on the goodness of God in my life than I do pleading for his prevailing hand in my life. Does that make sense? I benefit more when I just choose to sit and to soak and to remember his goodness than I do whenever I enter into my prayer closet, like, okay, Lord, we got a doozy today. I'm like throwing sticky nuts up on the wall and I'm like, all right, first step, blah, 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 playing, praying, praying. Like, and don't get me wrong, I, I, there is a place for asking the Father for things. Continue to do so, continue to do so. I do all the time. But I find my soul takes this deep breath whenever I just sit with the Father and I just remember what he has done in my life. I remember what you did here, so I have confidence that you're gonna handle this too. My soul takes a breath every time that happens. I benefit more from reflecting and meditating on his goodness in my life than I do pleading for his prevailing hand in my current circumstances. Imagine this, if... If you had some type of breakthrough in 2010, I'm talking about like a breakthrough, like a monumental haircut like I had, like just a, no, but like, like, a, like a true spiritual, like a breakthrough in 2010. Maybe it's a moment you go back to where um, maybe you got filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you gave your life to the Lord. Maybe what, whatever that is, if you have this moment in 2010, yet here we are in 2023, and you find yourself in difficult circumstances where you don't know what to do, well, if gratitude is the well that gives you the ability to trust the Father in the present and for the future, well, you've now got to dip back into the archive all the way back to 2010 and say, okay, yeah, I remember that, you did good. But how many of you know that sometimes things can tend to lose their potency? 
They can lose their potency. Imagine you get a word here in this room maybe and somebody gives you some type of directive and they say like, hey, I feel like I just heard the Lord say this thing about you. Where does that land? Anybody ever said that? Like anybody ever had that happen to you? Like they give you a word and then they're like, what do you think? Like, where's that land? And you're like, you just, you read my mail. That's what I think. Like this, like it hits you and you just, there's this knowing. Much like that moment with my nine-year-old where it's like, okay, Lord, like you're initiating me into something here. If you get a word and you have a moment with the Lord, but then a week goes by and then two and then a month and then a year, that word can lose its potency. I want to be a man of faith. I want to be someone and I want us to be a people who don't have to dip back into the archives of 2010 to remember. But instead, I want to have mile markers from 2010 where this happened and then the next week this and then the next month this and then the next month this and then a year later this and then, oh, I forgot one, six months this and then up here this, that, whatever. So that whenever I hit difficult circumstances, all I have to do is open the book. All I have to do is look back into the database a week, a month, two, three, six, and there's a track record of the faithfulness of God that cultivates this internal gratitude for what he's done, which creates this, this knowledge that he's going to be there in the future as well. That's what it does. There's a man, uh, his name is Ken Albus uh, from Midland, and he is amazing. Um, he's amazing. And truth be told, I, I don't get to talk with Ken Albus just a whole lot. He's been coming to Renew Life Midland for forever. I think he was there when we started coming back in like 2017. He's been there forever. And uh, he's the type guy, he'll probably never listen to this podcast because I don't think he knows what a podcast is. <clears throat> he is just this snowy-headed, cowboy hat-wearing man of faith that you just look at him and say like, I just, I, I, I want to be you. Like, I want to be like you. Can you adopt me? Like he just, just a good man. You all have your own Ken Albus, I'm sure. I hope you should have one. But we don't engage very often. Well, this, literally this past Sunday, I was walking past him at church and he just kind of goes, hey, uh, Steve-O. He said, I just want to let you know, you do such a good job up there singing. You, you do such a good job up there singing. I was like, thank you. You know, it's like those words that carry, you know. Um, and uh, then he goes on to say, hey, too, like, I heard, you know, this about blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just want to let you know, like, yeah, I just, I'm here for you. And so I saw again, ugly crying. I just began to just kind of share and pour my heart out to the, you know, to Ken. And um, it's amazing what happens in that in that moment because he had no real agenda. He wasn't poking. He wasn't prodding. He wasn't. There was no anything. He's just being Ken. But what happened in my soul at the end of that conversation? <laughs> where I'm like standing there with Ken and we're looking each other in the face and the only words that came out of Ken Alba's mouth was, you're gonna be all right, right? You're gonna be all right. I cannot tell you what happened in my soul. His words carried weight and authority that were proven 
by monument after monument after monument of the goodness of God in his own life. Healthy families, healthy jobs, healthy this, healthy all that. So when he says the words, you're going to be all right, it actually means something in my soul. It means something in my soul. It means something to me. I would call, I would call this an authority and an anointing that there is zero shortcuts for. Zero shortcuts. It just comes from day after day, asking, praying, believing. And when the Father responds, writing it down, building a monument for what the Lord has done. And then guess what? You wake up the next day, you believe, you pray, you seek, you live. And when the Lord delivers, you build a monument on the faithfulness of God. This is the type of impact I wanna have. This is the type of legacy I wanna lead. This is the type of people that I wanna surround myself with. This is the type of body that I would love us to become and to exist as, is a people who are continually, continually filled with gratitude and living from a place of gratitude, trusting wholeheartedly and full well that the Lord is going to take care of us. And the way that comes is this, remembering. Remember what the Lord has done. Don't forget what the Lord has done. That was David's charge. If it was important enough to make it in this book that has lasted for centuries and centuries and is the guiding light for us in our faith in 2023 and beyond, if it was important enough to, bake, to make it into the book, forget not what the Lord has done for you. I wanna listen. I wanna listen. The beautiful thing about this process is that we're all uniquely made, uniquely wired and distinctly made and distinctly wired. So how do you build a monument? How do I remember what the Lord has done? I don't wanna just trust that it'll be here when I need it. No, I want to document what the Lord has done. It starts with a conversation maybe. Maybe it looks like writing it down. It, we're, we're living in a day and age where we've got our phones at all times. We can take pictures that become monuments and it's not for the sake of worshiping the monument, but it's for looking at the monument and saying, oh, I remember. And this is what God did. And my heart is full of gratitude and hope and trust that he will sustain me into this next season. So how do you build a monument? I just want you to begin to get very internal about that. I believe that this is a unique love language between you and the Father that requires much perseverance, that requires much patience, much diligence. But how do you build a monument? I'm gonna read something to you that I wrote in August 5th of 2022. This is a... This is how I build my monuments. Beyond taking a picture, beyond just telling someone, I just, I never wanna forget. I never wanna forget what the Lord has done. I never wanna forget. <clears throat> I wrote this in August, 2022. <clears throat> it says, after, after a month of partial work weeks, my tank was empty. My stress was high and my capacity was stretched thin. My wife recognized the distress despite my cleverly disguised front of, I'm okay, really, I'm fine. I arrived home with the intentions of taking my daughter Adeline to gymnastics as I do most Tuesdays 
I enjoy this activity weekly as my daughter beams with energy as she turns flips, and engages with her coaches and her friends. Not to mention, we have 15 minutes of windshield time that is devoted to hyping her up versus, or via Rage Against the Machine, which is mostly my choice, Andy Minio, which is mostly her choice, and her latest favorite, Alpha Zulu by the band Phoenix. It gives me life watching her thrive. However, when you're on empty, things that generally give you life and joy can easily fall into the category of another thing to do. Today, this is where I was, but today I saw the kingdom. Today, my drifting soul was rescued by my wife and kids. I arrived home today, just in the nick of time, as usual, to scoop Addie and jet out the door for gymnastics, only to discover that my family had other plans. My family was planning a rescue mission. I was greeted at the door by a lifeline for my soul, a true dose of light and hope in this hectic season that I've been in. As I approached my front door, I was greeted by a sign that read, trade your backpack for a beer, bathing suit, and backyard. My family rescued my soul in a way that only someone who knows me could. I immediately recognized this gesture as a lifeline for a dad and a husband. My soul leapt with joy and I blazed inside to follow my guide. I quickly threw on a bathing suit, grabbed a Montucky cold snack and rushed into the backyard to be greeted by the greatest sound on earth. A sound whose response is unmatched by any bugling elk, any large engine or any resounding crowd noise. Daddy, you're home. My soul was immediately recovered and over the course of the next five hours, delicately restored. You define the monumental moments in your life and you develop the means by which you will recall what the Lord has done for you. For me, this is it. I love to write, I love to journal, I love to come back to these things and I cannot tell you how many times I've come back to this I come back to this in moments where I'm feeling down or moments where I'm feeling challenged or moments where I'm, ah, I'll come back to it and I'll just read. And you know what happens inside of my soul? It's like a joy bomb every single time. It's like all of a sudden I just remember, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I, Ken is right. I am gonna be all right. See, it's not just for the sake of the monument. The monument is not an article of worship but it is a reminder of the faithfulness of God in your worship. This is actually stewarding what the Father has done in your life. That's, that's what this is. It's stewarding what the Father has done in your life. It's um, find your method of building your monuments of what the Lord has done. Let me read one more passage out of Joshua chapter four, verse 21 through 24. This is a part of the why. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord, your God dried up the river right before your eyes and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. See monuments in your life 
of recalling these moments. They don't just exist for you in the here and the now, but they exist so whenever your kids, whenever your kids' kids, if it takes a village, whenever other people's cheerings come up to you and they ask like, hey, what about this? You say, oh yeah, I've got a monument for that. Like, check this out. There was this one time This is the purpose. This is the reason. This is the why. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.